In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, Abuna wants me to speak uh, about the service of the deacons. And I see many people who are not deacons with us today. So I'll try to speak uh, in a general way that actually will help the deacons, but also help all of us in our worship. Number one, actually, uh, deaconship is a responsibility, not only a blessing. What do I mean by this? Sometimes parents want their children to be ordained deacons and they say it's a blessing and they want to be happy seeing their children serving as a deacons. But I want you to know, yes, it's a blessing to be a chanter or a reader or subdeacon or a deacon, etc. But there is responsibility because you are granted a talent, a gift from God. And God at the end of the days will ask you to give an account of your stewardship. So, parents who encourage their children just to be uh, deacons, they should know it is a responsibility. And they should teach their, their children about their responsibility. For example, if they are chanters, chanters mean they are chanting the hymns of the church and leading the whole congregation in a chanting. So you cannot be a chanter and also standing in the church, not participating. While I'm saying not participating, I'm not speaking about the long hymns that not everyone knows it. But even Lord have mercy. Amen, amen, your death, O Lord. Actually, these hymns, everyone in the congregation should uh, participate. Uh, if some churches actually, when you pray with them, when you hear Zasharubim uh, worship you through the intercession, literally you can feel the church is shaking because the whole church is singing together. But when only one person is responding, where is the rest of the congregation? The congregation should be participants and not observing. So, we as a chanters, we should know our responsibility, not only in learning the hymns, but also in chanting and participating in the hymns. Parents of little children should take the time to implant in them the importance of learning and also participating in the church. If you are a reader, sometimes when we read either we don't read and give the sense of the reading to the people or we read with mistakes. One of the beautiful passages in the scripture is Nehemiah chapter 8. Uh, and if you can put it on the screen. Uh, And this about the 
reading in the church. You know, the people did not read or hear the law for a very, very long time. So, we read in, in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1, Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in the front of the water gate. And they told Azra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Azra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly of men and women, and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in the front of the water gate from morning until midday, before the men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of law. When the deacon says, stand up in the fear of God and let us listen to the Holy Gospel, meaning give attention, listen to the word of God. Just a quick uh, test right now. How many of you remember the Pauline letter of today? How many of you remember the Catholic letter? How many of you remember the Praxis, the Book of Acts? How many of you remember the Psalm of today? How many of you remember the Gospel? You know, then if we don't remember, we are not paying attention. Then he read from it in the open square, uh, sorry, verse 4. So Azra's scribe stood on a platform of wood which they made for their purpose. That's the idea of Mangalaya. And by the way, Mangalaya means Ma in Coptic means a place. When we say Ma means a place. Ma Angalaya, Angalaya Angil, the gospel. So Mangalaya means the place of the gospel. So they made a certain platform, you know, for this purpose. Why? Mangalaya should be actually in a higher place than the rest of the people. Why? So all of us, we are standing below the word of God, which means the word of God has authority over us, has authority over us. That's the purpose of Mangalaya. And beside him stood at his right hand, Matthiah, Shema, Anani, etc., and on his left hand, Bidaya, Mishael, Malkijah, etc. So, like when you know Abuna reads the Bible, the, the Gospel, you find deacons standing on the right holding candles and also on the left side. So Azra opened the book in the sight of all the people and he was standing above all the people. That's the idea. The word of God has authority. What about Abuna, who will read, or the bishop who will read the, the, the gospel? If you notice, Abuna, when he says, if his marot, which means, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, he holds the gospel and put it above his head. So, nobody, nobody is not under the authority. 
So even Abuna is a reader, you know, who, who reads the gospel or the bishop, he puts the gospel above his head to say that all of us are under the authority of the, the word of God. Any other book, we judge the book and we, we discern what's right in it and what's wrong. But when in the, uh, the word of God has authority over us and we don't judge the word of God right or wrong, but we understand the revelation of God toward us. And that's why, you know, uh, the bishop when, uh, or the patriarch, when he reads the, the uh, gospel, actually he removes the, the crown uh, as a symbol of also being under the authority of the word of God. And Azra opened the book in the sight of all the people, and he was standing above all the people, and he opened it, all the people stood up. That's why the deacon says, stand up in the fear of God. And actually it was the, the, the tradition. If you enter the church, if you enter the church and the gospel is read, don't move, just stand in your place until the gospel uh, is read. And Azra blessed the Lord, the great God. That's why before we read the gospel, the deacon says what? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, like Azra did. Azra blessed the Lord, the great God. And then all the people answered, Amen. Uh, when the deacon says, or Abuna says, to whom is glory forever, the people say, and ever, Amen. While lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Now when we say, blessed is he, all of us, we bow our heads and make the sign of the cross. Everything is taken here from uh, Nehemiah chapter 8. And then, like there is a sermon after the, the gospel in order to explain. So here, the Levites, verse 7, the Levites helped the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So there was explanation, and that is the purpose of the sermon. Sermon explain, you know, the gospel of today to the people exactly like what happened here. Verse 8, very important, especially for the readers, for the agnostics. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sins and helped them to understand the reading. So there's difference between somebody's reading, so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God and they give the sins and help them to understand the reading and Nehemiah was also nobody will understand anything from you you are not giving the sins you know, when you read a question it's different than reading an answer you know, so you need, the reader should train himself how to read and when he pause and when he pause just for a moment or pause more than, than one moment and to, to be able to give the sense to the people so people can understand and you need to read with aloud you are not reading for yourself you need to, to read slowly and with a loud voice and give the sense so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God and they gave the sense and they helped them to understand the reading so when actually we, we read uh, the reader when he reads in the right way all the people actually understand the reading and enjoy the reading. 
and Nehemiah, who was the governor, Azra the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do, do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. So just at that time there was no screen to follow up. Just they heard the word. Because the Levites read it clearly, the word of God pierced their hearts. And the people got emotional and started to cry and to weep. But Azra told them, no, this day is a joyful day. Don't weep, don't mourn, nor weep. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our God, don't sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Just reading the the word of God, made the people joyful. So it is a resp- it's not it's a big responsibility for the readers to be able to read and to give the sins. So people can when they come to the church and listen to the reading, the reading can pierce their heart and uh, change change their hearts. Also uh, subdeacons their responsibility Uh, also in preparing the altar and um, training themselves how to help Abuna in in the service. For example, how to hold the censer when you bring it to Abuna. When to bring it, Abuna should not be just uh, giving remarks, bring the shura right now, remove this, hold this. No, you need actually to train yourself in, in knowing all these things. Also, the subdeacons have responsibility to keep the calmness, the order, the cleanness in the altar and in the church. Uh, so, any responsibility, going back to my, my point, deaconship is not just only a blessing, it is a responsibility. And God will ask each deacon, give an account for your stewardship. Those who stopped serving as a deacons, and they were ordained when they were children, now when they grow up, they just quit serving. I want you to think what you're going to answer the Lord in the last day when he asks you, give an account of your stewardship. Are you ready for this question? If you are not ready, then you need to start actually serving faithfully and wisely. In stewardship, God requires two things from stewardship, faithfulness and wisdom. Who is the faithful and wise steward? So faithfulness, as I explained in learning the hymns, how to read, how to do my duty as a subdeacon in the church. But wisdom, what about wisdom? Wisdom is manifested in how to glorify God. Everything you do, do it for the glory of God. And how to make the, the people who attend the church, it's easy for them to participate in prayer. Deacons have a big responsibility to make the liturgy and to make the prayers enjoyable to the people. So when you chant together in um, 
in a spirit of unity and harmony, this actually will help the whole congregation to uh, participate. When actually you have the spirit of prayer, you are not just chanting the hymn, but you are praying the hymn. This spirit of prayer actually will spread to everyone um, who is in the church. Uh, We say you have granted those on earth the praises of the seraphim in St. Gregory liturgy. So God gave us the work of the angels as the seraphim standing around the throne of God glorifying him. God gave us also the the praise of the uh, seraphim. Also, organizing with Abuna what will be chanted and what will not be chanted. Uh, Sometimes uh, deacons from the offering of the lamb until the sermon, they start just to say long hymns that take too long. So Abuna feels actually during the, the liturgy of the faithful, he feels pressured he wants just to do it quickly, otherwise the, the liturgy will be too, too long. So here when actually we uh, coordinate with Abuna what we will chant and what we're going to, for example, this day we're going to say the, the long hitenni. Next day we're going to say abjikvul next, uh, next week. The, the day after we're going to say the long uh, uh, praxis response. Sometimes like this. We're going to say Rejoice, O Mary, this Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to say, O Lord of Hosts. When the deacons don't have this sense and just make the, the uh, liturgy longer and longer, Abuna feels pressure, cannot just pray anything from St. Gregory liturgy or St. Cyril liturgy because he needs to end the liturgy of time. So also coordinating with Abuna. Uh, it's very important. I will here I want to uh, read uh, two verses or three verses. First one, Second Chronicle chapter five, verse thirteen. Second Chronicle five thirteen. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking in the, the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. So here I have some observation. Number one, they were singing in harmony as one voice, making one sound. And one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. Also, the voice of the trumpets and cymbals were in harmony. Sometimes when there's a little boy and I want just to keep him busy, so give him the triangle and he doesn't know how to use it. And he just starts all the liturgy just playing with it and making distraction to the people. That's not right. It's not time just to, to play or time just to 
uh, train a person who never used the triangle, we need actually to, as, as we, we hear here, even the instrument should be in harmony, one, one voice. And because of this, what happened? The house of the Lord were, was filled with a cloud. And the cloud means the presence of God. Do you remember yesterday in the Bible study, um, David said, you are the Holy One seated um, in the midst of the praises of Israel. So when we praise God, God actually will be in our midst. When we say Emmanuel, our God is now in our midst with the glory of his Father and the Holy Spirit. That was the experience. The cloud of the Lord filled the house. So the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. When we praise with wisdom, with understanding, God indeed will be in our midst. Also, uh, in Psalm uh, 147, verse 1, 147, verse 1. Praise the Lord. For it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. So here David is asking all of us, praise the Lord. It is good to sing praises to our God. It is good. So all of us who should participate in praising the Lord. It is pleasant and praise is beautiful. Praise is beautiful. So we need all of us to participate. One of the very, very important moments in the Divine Liturgy is the distribution of communion. And unfortunately, this time usually is a time of distraction. People greet one another, deacons are distracted. Although we start by saying, praise God in all his saints. And we we repeat the word praise, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him for his mighty act. But we are not praising God. So we are saying something, but we are not doing it. Although praise is good, it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. And what is the attitude when we come to the church? We can find it in Psalm 100 and verse 4. David says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise, be thankful to him and bless his name. So we are coming to the church with one goal, to praise the Lord. Everyone, yes, we are led by the deacons, but everyone coming here, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Uh, Also, deacons should be watchful for certain things. Speaking in the church, we should not actually, not only the deacons, but everybody, we should not speak or talk to one another. It's time to worship the Lord. It's not right, it's not proper, it's not befitting just to talk during the divine liturgy or any liturgical service. Moving. Moving. 
You know, we should not actually move. We should actually be standing like soldiers. Uh, we should not move without any reason. We should move only if there is something very, very important. I remember when we were uh, young children uh, and deacons, Abuna in our church, he used to tell us, if there is fire outside, don't go put it off if you are a deacon. Don't get distracted. Even if there is a fire outside, don't go. To, to that extent, Abuna want to tell us, don't move. But sometimes I see little children, or sometimes youth, when they are bored, it's just as they're going to take a walk and come back for no reason. That's not right. That's not right. Uh, also, uh, coming late, deacons should actually come to to prepare before the liturgy. So deacons actually should be in the liturgy even before Abuna comes to prepare the altar, to prepare the readings, to, pre- to prepare everything, candles, the oil, uh, the barca, uh, the wine, the, the bread for communion, uh, the book of reading to uh, the people. So deacons should not come late. Uh, sometimes when we say uh, you can serve as a deacon if you attend the absolution of the servants. So people feel comfortable in home as they come just before the absolution of the servants. But this is not the intention. The intention, if you have just a very, very, very important excuse that prevented you from coming on time, then we, you can serve if you come at uh, before the absolution of the servant. But if the church starts at 8.30, should be here actually 8.15 or 8.20, not 9, not 9.15. You need to be early. Also, eliminating the distraction during the liturgy. You should not be distracted uh, during the liturgy, either by social media, by phones, by any, any kind of distraction. You need to focus uh, on... Uh, on praising and, and, and leading the people in prayer and making the liturgy enjoyable to uh, the people. Uh, as you learn the hymns, it's your responsibility also to teach hymns. And it's very important for every church to have classes for to train the deacons to train them in the hymns of the church and also advanced hymns for the deacons. Yeah, it's not right to celebrate a season and only one person knows the hymn. Tomorrow is the Feast of the Cross and there are some hymns for the Feast of the Cross, like Etaf Enne Ischai. You know, how many deacons know this hymn? Are you ready? If you are a chanter, actually should be able to know this hymn and to chant it. Uh, and of course, if you are a reader, then this means you are a chanter and now I'm a reader. And if you are a subdeacon, this means you are a chanter and a reader and now you are a subdeacon. So do you know these hymns or not? So learn the hymns of the church. Uh, yesterday, for example, was the feast of St. Stephen. And there is a hymn called Efshis in which we ask the intercession of St. Stephen. Uh, if you don't know this heritage, was kept for 
hundreds of years. It will be a shame if in our generation this tradition of this heritage is lost. It's your responsibility as the, the, our fathers and those who are before, before us kept this heritage until our time. It's our responsibility also to learn this heritage and also to teach it to the future, future generation. So this heritage will go from one generation to another uh, generation. Uh, let me just uh, conclude with uh, two beautiful verses. One verse in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. St. Paul says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. And here St. Paul is calling praising God is a sacrifice. Is a sacrifice. Uh, as we say in through the intercession of St. Mary, we say, Yeah. Mercy of peace, sacrifice of praise. Mercy of peace, sacrifice of praise. Uh, Through the mercies of God, that's actually clear on the altar, then actually you have peace. That's mercy of peace. The mercy that brought to us peace. And the sacrifice of praise, why it's called sacrifice? Praise mean you praise God for who he is. It's not even thanksgiving. For example, if you look at a beautiful icon and say, oh, this is a beautiful icon. I like this icon. So you are praising or the icon for its beauty. So when you say, holy, 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 here I forget everything about me. I forget everything about others. I forget everything about my needs. All my focus is on God and I'm praising Him. So here I am sacrificing myself completely. I I don't think about myself in order to praise the Lord. So sacrifice of praise, it's a biblical term. Therefore, by Him, by Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, to God the Father. I'm sure you know any prayer is offered to God the Father through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. And what is the sacrifice of praise? He said, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The fruit of our lips. So, as Christians, the fruit of our lips is Thanksgiving, praising God. That's the fruits, not cursing, not gossiping, not swearing, not lying. The fruits of a Christian person, fruit of his lips, will be a sacrifice of praise. And the last verse, Psalm 33, verse 1. 
Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from upright is beautiful. Praise from the upright is beautiful. Meaning, I have to praise God with a bright heart, with a repentant heart. When I come to the church, if my heart is not repentant, if there is a hidden sin in my heart, how can I stand before God and praise Him? Only praise from the upright is beautiful and accepted before God. So that's why he said, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Uh, if I am a deacon and I, I am coming to serve the Lord and praise Him, I should not come to the church with divided heart. Uh, I cannot just on Saturday night, I'll be in nightclub and Sunday morning I came and serve here in the church. You know, you cannot have divided heart. You cannot have duality in your heart. Your heart should be straightforward, upright, righteous, with God all the time. And when we sin, we offer repentance, so praise will be acceptable before God. These are just some thoughts about the ministry of the deacons. May the Lord accept our service and may He make us faithful and wise in our ministry. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.